Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace Case, if you know me, and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yeah. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll- the Bachelor? Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Mm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains like clues. We're seeing this in the viral sleepy girl mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knudsen crushes only 100% real ingredients, so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. Clues. Underwear drawers... They're not organized. They're like the the Wild West, the final frontier of wardrobes. Mm. And there's no rhyme or reason to them. Y- you got ones that are super old, uh, different brands, etc. You don't know what to expect. But now I have felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies. And now I want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because those are my now go-to. I'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt and my, um, <laughs> which is not what this uh, ad is about, but I am also wearing the super soft, sustainable modal fabric thong with no roll black waistband. You want that. You don't want it to be rolling. You don't want it to be showing. And I'm hooked. I don't want to wear anything else. It's all got to go now. Well, this ad actually is kind of about that pace case. Everybody knows MeUndies <laughs> makes great underwear. It's in the name, Me Undies. But it's not just about underwear. You can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers, hoodies, onesies, and a whole bunch more. And their Move Me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market. There's no doubt about it. Right now, you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at MeUndies.com slash roses. 
That's MeUndies.com slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping. MeUndies, comfort from the outside in. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. Okay, so have you felt this way about any other woman before? No. Not even close. I have the strongest feelings I've ever had for a person for her. I just, you know, love is like a scary word. That's okay. Yeah. It's just like once you say it, it can't be unsaid. And like once you give that to somebody and they give it back to you, then like... You love her. I don't know. You love her. It's not even a question. I'm in love with her. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Bachelor Clues. This is Pace Case. What an episode we had. The hometowns we've all come to know and love were not available in this episode. Instead, we had a interesting uh, shadow hometowns <laughs> due to COVID. The two things that I have missed the most in the pandemic in terms of being able to live my normal life are the movie theater and the gym. There is now a third thing, and I miss it so much more than either of those. It is hometowns. This was abysmal. (laughs) To watch what they made these guys do to try and come up with these weird pseudo versions of their hometowns, it was miserable to watch it was just not entertaining at all completely boring nonetheless there were some decent plays made there were some errors made we're going to get to all of that obviously the game continues on whether the circumstance does or not but this was an insult to our beloved game as far as i'm concerned what we were forced to watch tonight my sister texted me during it and she reminded me of something uh when i used to babysit for a family friend's kids And I would set up this game, which I called Magic Elevator. And basically, I would put the kids in the shower, and then I would just physically in the shower, and then I would reset up their room to be a new magical land over and over again. And they would come out each time, and it's a new land. And I would make force them to stay in the shower for a while until they came out. And the children loved it. But I do think you have to be a child to love a scenario like this to be able to suspend this disbelief and imagine you are in this new land when Ben and Tasha are like, look out at the ocean of Venice Beach and they're just looking at the fucking La Quinta pool. How about when Zach feeds her a piece of New York pizza that came from the kitchen at La Quinta? (laughs) We'll get to that. We're getting way ahead of ourselves, but... Yeah, apologies, but it did remind me a lot of Magic Elevator. I think Magic Elevator was probably more fun. And now, let's move on to the worst hometown (laughs) dates in the history of our beloved game. And now, Pace Case and Bachelor Clues proudly present analysis of play in this week of our beloved game. This is Game of Roses. We see hummingbirds at the La Quinta Spa. Tasha's pondering. She drinks from a mug. And the guys are discussing hometowns in the rec room. DLH, Dark Lord Harrison, storms in. 
He says, we're down to the final four, and that means it's hometowns. Typically, we'd be traveling around the country. Given this pandemic, obviously we can't do that, because obviously we can't travel, unlike me, like I just did, dropping my son at college. He didn't say the last part. He literally went to Ivan's hometown to deliver his son <laughs> to fucking college. We wish we could go to Ivan's hometown. No one could possibly travel there. COVID reasons. It's just, I can't take it. The lies in this season are so just right in your fucking face and no one seems to give a shit. I mean, sure, it is different for a whole production to go versus one Dark Lord, but um, he tells the guys, we have moved hometowns here. Take Taisha to your hometown. Recreate the vibe. Give her a window into what that life would be like with you. And we've done our best to bring your people here. They're going through the core and the testing. And it seems like DLH is telling them this for the first time, that they're aware that their families are there for the first time in that moment. Meaning, do they then have to quarantine two weeks from that moment? Have they been there for two weeks? This is a question we asked last time. Have the top seven families been there? None of this makes sense. The only thing that really makes sense, the most logical explanation for all this, is that they're not really quarantining any of them. They're doing it for a couple of days, five days, maybe even seven, but not the two weeks that you're supposed to. No. And surely they're administering tests and all of that, but... Other than the initial guys quarantining, I don't think anyone has quarantined for two weeks. Unless Taisha had somehow decided to... Take some donuts into quarantine just in case. <laughs> and also the idea of creating the vibe of their hometown. And DLH says, by using the foods you might eat. That's one of the examples he gives. What the fuck is this? I know they have to do something for the day portion of the hometown. Traditionally, in regular hometowns, if you're not in quarantine, this is when the player will do one of a few different things. You can take the lead to your old high school. You can take the lead to some local business where you can force them to perform some kind of activity like a skydive or a throwing of an axe or a shooting of a gun. You can do a take your bachelor to work day. But here, they're only going to be using foods and props to, in quotes, create a vibe of the hometown. Don't forget, they are already given certain tools which are just fucking bucket loads of sweat. That is something that is going to be consistent on all of them. Holy fucking shit. <laughs> it's beyond insane that they made them all do these things outside. We get ahead of ourselves, but Dark Lord Harrison tells everyone who they're going to meet and implies that he's already been socializing with them. Says, Ivan, your parents are here. I love your mom and I can tell you she's fired up. They've been quarantining together. You didn't know? Ivan's mom is part of DLH's quarantine crew at La Quinta. <laughs> he tells Zach C, your mom, your dad, and your brother. Zach's like, love those people very much. Doesn't cry like the first time. Uh, ben, your sister's here. Ben, she's my favorite person in the world. Crying. I don't know how to do that, but the closest I get is with her. Maybe I'll cry. He's loading his own tears, which, if he had brought him out, might have been great. Then, oh, God. Then the first bit of play we get to see this episode happens from Brendan. DLH tells him, 
that he's going to have the first hometown, and it's going to be his brother, his brother's wife, and his niece. And just on the heels of Ben saying he doesn't know how to cry, Brendan shows him how to do it. Tears immediately. Watch this, Ben. And he starts giving out this explanation that his brother has been the closest thing he had to a father after his father died. It's an amazing bit of play to set up this hometown, the emotional weight of it, and to just take whatever Ben is trying to build there and shit all over it. They all do these things in a very uh, friend friendship friendship way, and these guys seem closer than any top four we've ever seen. And I think because of the quarantine and this unusual situation... I mean, normally these guys wouldn't even be interacting during Hometowns Week. Hometowns is usually everybody goes off to their own part of the country. Um, and Zaxi asks everyone for some hugs. And they get it. All four of these motherfuckers hug each other in earnest. And I cannot agree with you more. It's because of the quarantine. They've all been isolating, doing whatever they're doing prior to coming to the show. And now they're hanging out with each other 24 hours a day. And it's a little bit like... Military basic training, it kind of bonds you through this experience so that you're now brothers in whatever you've been forced to do, whatever you've been forced to suffer through in service of this goddamn show. And it's a beautiful thing to see because like you're saying, usually at this point in a normal season, I mean, fuck, think about Hannah Brown. Luke P was one of the top four. (laughs) Yeah, he was not doling out the hugs. No, usually you have like an intense rivalry is still amongst the top four, or at least a person people don't like very much. And here, these guys genuinely all seem to be friends and supportive. Nice to see. And I'm rooting for all of them, which is also unusual. Luke P. I was not rooting for. (laughs) Portion number two. It is the day portion of Brendan's hometown, the first quote-unquote hometown date. And Tasha loads that she's needing some validation from Brendan. And something happens next that I think meant a lot to Clues. Well, you see, Tasha emerges <laughs> from her room into the daylight and sees Brendan standing some yards away. She approaches with a nice light jog and leaps onto him, performing the first hooju of the season. The mount is not bad, but not great. It's more of a jump than a leap forward. She gets almost no horizontal momentum. It's almost all vertical. The cling is the best part of this huju. Although she doesn't pull off a double ankle lock, she does manage a double leg wrap bolstered by an arm grip reinforcement, taking her right hand, clutching to the left arm. This is proper technique through and through. And Brendan adds his own flourish to the suju with a 360 spin to a double leg hip dismount into a kiss. This is high level shit, ladies and gentlemen. And some people don't think the huju means anything. The huju, by the way, for those who don't know, is the hug jump. This is an action. Female players will perform on male leads or female leads will perform on male players where they kind of run and jump and cling to them. This was a pretty good huju. After that beautiful performance, he shows her that he set up something that (laughs) will remind them of his small town. He says, carnivals and fairs are a huge part of my small town. Where is he from? Do we know where this carnival land is? 
Milford, Massachusetts. Maybe Milford is known for its carnivals, but what they are forced to do on the day portion of this hometown date is not quite a carnival. It is a series of (laughs) shittily made carnival-esque games that are completely throwaway. The good part about this, the good play that he does here, is he brings out his niece, Aaliyah. He knows she's here. DLH already said it. This is already set up, by the way. He knew she was going to be on this date. When DLH comes into that room and tells them who's here from their family, they already know all these things. That was all acting. This here, though, is a choice by Brendan to bring her on this date. And it's a brilliant choice. Anytime you have the use of a child, you use the child. (laughs) Especially in a moment like this, where Taisha is looking for the relationship to move to the next level or to see something new about the person that she's in the relationship with. Here, Aaliyah does exactly that. She gets to see him do these little handshakes and dances with her. He wins her a little monkey toy. And she really sees that he loves his niece and she gets the idea of what he would be like as a father. And this was my play, 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 play of the game. Children in our beloved game are very special tools. They convey 4TRR. They convey your willingness to be a parent. Anytime you can interact with a child in front of the lead, you have to take that opportunity. And here he's manufactured the opportunity. He's pulled it out of thin air. There are no children in fucking La Quinta. You're never going to have this opportunity. (laughs) Usually in a real season, you'd be at an amusement park. They'd put you on some fucking date somewhere and there would be an army of children that you would have to pacify in order to prove that you could handle parenting. It's never going to happen in La Quinta, and he fucking makes it happen. Brilliant, brilliant play. And it turns out, as we'll see in the end, this might have been the play that saved his ass. This might have been the thing that kept him here this week. I think what you're saying about the quarantine is especially correct because they probably, none of them have seen a child in months. The whole production is presumably adults. Um, And look, I might be... I might be on the verge of tears at literally anything these days, but I fucking teared up when the child came out. Aaliyah did it for me. So I, I understand this. It wasn't my play of the game, but it was a it was a great moment. And Brendan really playing to his strengths here, which is what you want to do on a hometown date, especially. Which is that he's like this gentle soul and like great with kids, etc. Children also convey something that no other person in our beloved game can. Innocence. They don't understand (laughs) that this is a reality show, that there's a lie behind it all. They are just there giving their pure reaction to all of these things. I like Taisha. I like playing these games. I love my uncle. This is great. There's no subterfuge. You don't ever think that that child is playing it up for the cameras or that they care about their Instagram following, although they might. We don't know if she has an Instagram or not, but that's at least what they're conveying. And so I think anytime you can have a kid, again, it just lends credibility to whatever emotion you're trying to convey in that moment. And the prepared, complicated handshake especially conveys that they have 
a strong relationship enough that they would have spent this rehearsal time together to be able to nail this. Which Taisha wants to take part in, and then they do a cute little three-person handshake. And they also do like a little dance sequence, and Taisha's like, sometimes Brandon can be quiet and reserved, so seeing him dancing was really cute. So that's, again, bringing out this playful, fun other side that balances out their more, you know, straight-faced divorce PTC play. And just in case you forgot that it was 175 degrees out, they make them slide into a bouncy house on puddles of their own sweat and jump around. It was certainly a different vibe from the bouncy house castle of season 21, Nick Vial, when he went in with Corinne Olympios and they almost made love in front of all the women. Portion number three, it is the night portion of the hometown date. Brendan, thanks, Tasha for showing up for the second half, which was an odd moment for me. Almost my error, but <laughs> it's like, why, why would you imply that she would not want to join you? <laughs> and usually these night portions are where the families are at the familial home and the lead and the player get some flowers, and they arrive and they come in. And sometimes you get to see little glimpses of what these families are like. They'll take you into their weird hunting trophy rooms or their Alabama Roll Tide paraphernalia rooms or their pageant rooms. (laughs) Or their room with all the dead animals. We've seen that a bunch. It gives you some idea about who these families are, where they came from. In this episode, we don't get any of that shit. These are all just standard kind of living spaces in La Quinta, not even really made to be decorated in a way that is germane to the family. It's just all so shitty. No, and they don't even do a meal, really. Generally, you get like a dinner with the family and then they have whatever their dinner traditions are, at least. You see whether they're going to do a prayer. Some of the families do prayers. Some of them do little toasts, etc. I mean, we did see some toasts, but... They're just sitting around like a coffee table. Tasha tells Brendan at the threshold, you did pretty good. I saw a different side of you with your niece. Rewards him for that play. And he loads that they're going to meet his older brother, Daniel, and his sister-in-law, his wife, Christy. And they meet him. They talk about what's happened, about him failing wrestling, about him failing the lie detector. A general theme of Brendan failing at things. And then Brendan goes off to have some one-on-one time with his brother Daniel. And the brother knows how serious it is for him since he was divorced. The brother grants him a glow. He says, I see your connection. And Brendan says if he could have molded a bachelorette, it would have been Tasha. She's what he wants with his life. It's a special thing he thought of recently, how amazing his brother is. And he starts to choke up a little bit. And he kind of tells his brother, you're a great husband and a great father. And I want that too. Tasha tells his brother that she's enamored with him, but it's taken him time to come out of his shell. And David tells her, I really believe that Brendan is ready now. And Tasha loves that David glowed them. And that's it. It went about as well as you could expect. All the family members glowed when they had to glow. Everybody gave everybody approval to do anything they want in the future. Full support. You're great. You're great. You're great. <laughs> And then Brennan and Tasha walk into the night, sit by a fountain, they get a kiss, 
And as she walks away from him, she ITMs that she could see him being her husband. There's no love level raise here. He loads love level one. He says, I have strong feelings for this beautiful woman. She loads love level two, says, I definitely can see myself falling in love with him. And she says that she didn't want to leave. It was game over in a sense. Interesting. But yeah, I do think Brendan should have done a love level here. No one did a love level tonight. I couldn't fucking believe it. And we'll get to that later. One person specifically really fucked up by not doing it. Yeah. Really disappointed me. (laughs) Traditionally, this is where you raise a love level. This is where you must do it. In order to move through to fantasy suites, you do it at the auto zone, generally speaking, which is when you're leaving the hometown out by the car just before you get in it or before the lead gets in it. You say, having you meet my family really proved to me you could fit in and I can see our future together and I'm falling in love with you or I love you. Wherever you're at in the scale, you go to the next one up. The biggest thing that I miss from pre-COVID is the auto zone. How I miss the fucking auto zone. <laughs> the fountain just isn't doing it. The fountain and the benches. It's not the same. Portion number four. We have Zaxi's day portion of his hometown date. Tasha ponders the picture frame photograph of them. And then she does a hoodoo in a full length dress. Clues, how do we feel about that hoodoo? I think it's historic. I can't remember a hoodoo in a fucking dress before. This hoodoo is not technically as good as the one she did for Brendan. But again, she's in a fucking full dress. That, I think, gives her a decent excuse. But the approach is (laughs) a little slow. The mount is athletic. The cling is high and tight. And she gets in a kiss before a standing vertical dismount. There's no spin here. Nothing fancy like she did with Brennan. But again, she's in a full dress. That alone blew my mind. The fact that she was game and willing to full dress Huju. I hope we get to see some more of those. I think it speaks to a very strong chemistry game that Zaxi is playing this whole date. Zaxi is from New Jersey, but he lives in New York. So this whole date is going to be New York themed. Zaxi says it's because they talked about like she wanted to move to New York. And so he teaches her how to hail a cab and critiques her style of doing it. I thought it was like a fun little activity. And then he presents her with this fake taxi, which is just two pieces of wood that they have to quote unquote drive themselves this is very magic elevator (laughs) who made that taxi is that some production assistants just painting that shit up is that the prop department i feel like they went to like a prop warehouse and they got like that backdrop they're like here's a couple carts we can use these for multiple hometowns there was just no effort put into the production design of any of this and that really is how the entire season has felt to me it feels very cheap And you would think that being in an enclosed area, they would be able to have more control over what these things look like. Instead, the opposite seemed to have been true for this whole season. That taxi blew my mind. I mean, do you think they should have gotten a real taxi? Why not? Have DLH drive them around. Next to the pool. (laughs) It would have been funny to have DLH driving them. So they take this little wooden thing that they're forced to carry, by the way. This thing probably weighs 50 pounds, so it's not like... 
easy to carry. They have to exert some effort. It's probably a little bit of a workout. That's maybe why Zach is literally fucking pouring buckets of sweat off his face at all times during this date. Oh my God. His forehead is gushing. They really should have given the guys Tasia's makeup artist because she looks like she doesn't experience any weather and they look like they are dying. So they take this little wooden taxi around to a bagel cart and eat some bagels they eat pizza this is where he asks her hey have you ever had a true new york slice and she's like no and then he feeds her a piece of pizza guess what she still hasn't no (laughs) it was such a weird line here's the la quinta pizza i don't understand what they're doing here are they asking taisha to believe it's a piece of new york pizza are they asking zach are they asking us to believe it Who is supposed to believe that is a piece of pizza from New York City? (laughs) I don't know. I think it's supposed to be a fun pandemic joke. (laughs) Oh, I didn't get it. Tisha has a bizarre ITM here. She says, it would be insane if I was with Zaxi in New York because I would be happy. It's just, what does that mean? (laughs) I feel like it's a cry for help. Their third stop is on a bench in front of this large backdrop. And Zaxi sets up the meaning of the family later portion, says, I'm sure my family is nervous, but and I wouldn't be sitting on this bench if they didn't stick with me through my darkest times. They're going to love you. And he says something here. He says, I've been looking forward to this day a long time, which... I liked that move. It's a very grown-ass man thing to say. They make out, and then they take the taxi to their fourth stop, the fountain, where they had a meaningful moment earlier in the season, and Zaxi makes her get in. Not only do they get in the fountain, but Zaxi pulls her down to the ground for a makeout. And this was my play, 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 play of the game. Nobody really is using the physical chemistry that Zaxi is doing. I mean, you get it a little bit with Ben in the pool, but this was just such a... It was just such a strong play. We, we've we seen it on hometown dates before. We've seen, who is it, Nick Vial and Raven making out in the swamp. When you bring them down to the ground and make out with them, despite the circumstances, Tasha's like, I've never made out in a fountain before. She's in this nice dress. That's going to get fucked up. Her hair is going to get fucked up. It's basically saying, my lust for you and my love for you is taking over and... Look at this romantic love story. We're <laughs> at the bottom of this dirty fountain making out. And I thought it just, it was this nice cherry on top of this date that he's slowly been building the chemistry game throughout. They start kissing more and more. Ends with that as the last thing going into the meeting of the family. It was an outstanding play. For all the reasons you said, definitely. He elevated his chemistry game, which is the best chemistry game of anyone this season. On top of that, he recognized something very important. 
he's a sweaty mess. And if he wants to make out with her, he's got to get in a fountain, basically. He's got to take a fucking shower. And he gets her in it, too. So now, who knows what's sweat and what's dirty fountain water? It's all mixing together. It doesn't matter. He's somehow justified in how wet he is. Whereas before, they're just eating pizza, sitting on a bench in front of a fake Central Park backdrop. And he leans in for that kiss. And literally, you can see sweat dropping off of his fucking face when he moves in. That cannot be good for Tasha. no <laughs> so here he's he's at least trying to remedy it in the only way that he knows how he's like fuck it let's get in the fountain that takes us to portion number five the night portion of zaxi's hometown date they kiss at the threshold before going into the meeting of the family this hometown date goes as well as it a hometown date can they tell his parents about their love story. He introduces that his parents saved his life when he had a pretty gnarly drug addiction that could have taken him out at any time. I really like how open this addiction story is. They're not backing down from all of the gnarly details. Zach's brother Matthew grabs Tasha and kind of grills her. He says, Where are you at with him in comparison to the other three? She says, I'm love level three. I'm definitely falling in love. And he's like, you didn't answer my question. (laughs) Giving a little bit of a wall. They try to set up here that maybe this is going to go badly, that the brother's skeptical. And then even when Taisha has a conversation with the dad, he says he's not really comfortable with this, the dating of the four guys. And he doesn't think he could be one of four guys dating someone else. Because he comes from a small farm town. And then Taisha does something masterful here. And this harkens back to her rookie season, which we just did a big episode on on our Patreon, this subtle game of manipulation. She really is at her best when she's having conversations with people. It's not the big ostentatious plays. It's the little things that she can get other people to do. And here she tells the dad when he offers up this wall, she says, well, wait a minute, though. How do you think Zach is feeling right now? And the dad fucking glows him. The dad says he looks really happy, actually. She pulls a glow out of dad. This is a fucking masterful move because it disarms dad. At that point, whatever skepticism dad had, he's like, well, you got me there. My son is happy. And from that moment on, it's smooth sailing for her for the rest of the night here. She convinces him and the dad says, oh, Zach is smitten at this point. Zach has a similar glowy conversation with his mom, Beatrice. He says, I'm happy and smiling. No one has been able to touch me like she has. And his mom says, I noticed that a lot. He does something here. He creates a wall and tears it down at the same time. He says, I told a lie that I didn't want kids and that I just wanted to be an uncle. I do want a family and a wife. Falling for her has allowed me to reflect on everything we've been through. And he does this very 4TRR moment with his mom. I hope you know the impact you've had on my life. I wouldn't be sitting here. I wouldn't be alive if it wasn't for your strength. I love you. His mom cries. First mom tears. And Beatrice relays this story to Tasha. He realized he was in denial that he thought he didn't need a spouse or children. He now wants that. He claims that's what you've done for him. And the dad says, I really don't want to say goodbye tonight. And we get dad tears. This hometown, in quotes, 
went even better than the first, it seems like. And then Tasha and Zach go sit on the bench outside and talk about how it feels easy and natural with each other. They kiss, and she ITMs that she has zero hesitations about this whole thing with Zach. They say goodnight, and we're staring down the barrel of two very good, in quotes, hometowns. I can't really call these hometowns. I'm sorry. These are more like meetings of the family. They're just shitty. They in no way put the lead in a different situation. Part of what makes the traditional hometown so good is that the lead is now out of their comfort zone. The lead is the one who up to that point in the show was kind of in charge of everything in control of all the dates. I have a surprise for you. I'm taking you here. I'm making all the decisions at the rose ceremony. Now the lead is beholden to these other people, these other families. They're the ones kind of making the decision, passing judgment on the lead and going into someone else's house, into their actual hometown it makes the lead more vulnerable. And here you just don't get that sense. Tasha is still completely insulated by the production, by the show. Everything set up is still there for her comfort, essentially. These families are the ones that are out of their element because they're brought to fucking La Quinta, made to come into this bubble. We even see in the one with, um, in the tag with Zach's mom when Dark Lord Harrison like shows up, you know? The production is ever present in these hometowns, whereas in the traditional ones, it's not quite that way. Um, I believe that hometowns is a, is a round of play, so I believe these are hometowns. Oh, technically, this is for this sure, round of playoffs. Yeah, yeah, it's the hometown round, first round of playoffs, for sure. I'm just saying that it's like not uh, doesn't have the same effect on the lead or the players, for that I mean, matter. Certainly, but Zach set up these slight walls with his family. He says they came in skeptics. And then when I walked in with Tasha, you know, glow, glow, glow. Played it perfectly. Portion number six, we have the date portion of Ivan's date. They go indoors, which I felt like was maybe a good move. Maybe not as hot. It's a Mikasa, which means it's at his place. And it's also a home cooking date. And it's worth noting, no hooju on this date. She greets him by walking up to him and giving him a slow hug. No hooju whatsoever. Uh, He says, I know you love cooking. And this is a part of my Filipino heritage that brings my family together. I'm friends with one of the top Filipino chefs. I like this little setup. Mm -hmm. And then he plays a video It is Chef Kehlani, his niece, making lumpia. And this is the daughter of his brother who was born when his brother was in prison. It's hitting another element of that PTC. And it's a fucking child play. Child is not present, so you don't actually get to see the interaction with the child, but you still get to see the child. And child play, even in this case... As you're saying, Tasha hasn't seen a child in a long time. I mean, she just saw one on Brendan's date, but... Aaliyah. Yeah, but this is hitting that same thing in her brain that's like, oh, Ivan, children, they go together. Yeah, she says the way Ivan melted watching her on screen was adorable. Has a similar effect. And Tasha says she loves dates with Ivan. They're very realistic. Things we would do at home. They feed each other. They're dancing and cooking. Great, great, uh, great fun play. Very wholesome. 
Ivan keeps loading this thing. He says, I was really hoping my niece and brother could make it. My parents are here. He says, my dad has had cancer twice, a heart attack once, and pulmonary fibrosis now. If he gets COVID, it's like a death sentence. But I know no matter what, he was going to do his best to get here. We've had his dad's medical PTC briefly. I think he talked about it on the art group date. But the pulmonary fibrosis thing, the COVID death sentence, is a new aspect of this PTC, his personal tragedy card. It's so intense. (laughs) He's risking his life to be here for this hometown date. I mean, it's almost a play of the game worthy event. The dad, I mean. He wants to see his son with this woman so badly to see and make sure that he's happy, that this is real, that he's literally risking his life to be there. I think the show didn't make enough of this. That's intense as fuck. I think the show didn't want to draw attention to the fact that what they were doing was completely unnecessary and risky (laughs) and that a Zoom hometowns wouldn't have had the same emotional impact. He also says here, which is almost in my ear, was that this is only the second time that someone's ever met his parents, which feels like unnecessary pressure to put on this situation, especially after you've just said the COVID life sentence thing, death sentence. Then they get a little kiss to end the day portion and night falls on La Quinta and they approach whatever conference room they have Ivan's parents set up in. And he tells her, don't be nervous, just be yourself. Gets one more kiss in and then they walk in. And Ivan's mom tells Tasha she is beautiful as soon as she walks in. I like this move by mom. Compliment the lead. Loosen her up a little bit. We're all going to be friends. That's the tone you're setting right there. Ivan again loads that he wishes his brother was there. And at this point, I'm like, okay, are we going to see this brother? They've said it twice. Yeah, of course. I think Ivan even knew the brother <laughs> was there. I think that was already told to him. Oh. We'll, we'll get to it when the brother comes out, but this the surprise revealed the brother seemed very fake to me. Um, Ivan's mom pulls Tasha. She says, I'm still a big skeptic. It's just so fast. And Tasha praises the process, says, I know if you're open and honest, you can find something through this journey. She asks, what do you like about Ivan? She says, I didn't even know he's 28. He's very mature. And his mom says, she, Ivan wants to make a difference in the world. He's as genuine and authentic as it comes. He is 4TRR. Great move, mom. And then Tasha spends some time with Ivan's dad. They bond over the fact that they were both married before. This is another PTC now coming out from Ivan's dad that he was divorced. He was married too young, and he likes that she uses that phrase, I got married too young. He says, that means something. I learned a lot when I was young and got married, and he wasn't sure at that point, but he was much more sure when he got married again, and that relationship is the one he's in now, and it's lasting for his entire life, and she says she understands that, and she thinks it could happen with her and Ivan for sure, and Ivan's dad ITMs that they would be a good match, and he was impressed by her. It is going well again. (laughs) Ivan talks with his mom and she's like, do you like her? He says, yes. Love level one. Am I ready to propose? I don't know. And Ivan's mom says, if she keeps you. (laughs) I love that. His mom puts him in check a little bit. It's like, don't get a big head, motherfucker. She can still kick you off of this show. Mom knows. Ivan's got it, though. He says, I'll be here. 
And he tells her, if I am engaged, I thought it out thoroughly. And ultimately, Ivan's mom comes around and says, you know what? I trust your decision and we will welcome her with open arms if it works out. So we've got an implied blessing here. And again, he talks about how much he wants to see his brother. And guess who's (laughs) there? It's Ivan's brother, Gabriel, who we see when we come back in the next portion. I knew it was coming, but I did cry. (laughs) I shed no tears during this You had zero tears? Zero. This is my second. Yeah. All right. I don't think I've shed a tear in the history of our beloved game. (laughs) And then we get some one on... time. (laughs) I don't know what can possibly... Matt James' proposal. Clues just weeping. (laughs) (laughs) I can almost guarantee that will not be the case. (laughs) Then we get some one-on-one time with Gabriel and Ivan, and Ivan's brother Gabriel literally glows him. He says, you're glowing. He uses the literal phrase glow. Gabriel basically says, I like Tasha. I'm reading her energy, and it seems like you glow together. He says, fucking, he glows Ivan, he glows the couple. He's glowing everybody. The brother's throwing off glow like it is nothing. I love it. (laughs) Gabriel is the biggest glower ever, and... It's a very emotional reunion. And I think that, again, COVID is adding that extra element where the family members are telling each other how much they love each other, which I don't feel like you get as much in normal hometowns. Um, There's a lot of familial love. And then we get some one-on-one time between Gabriel and Tasha, in which Gabriel essentially says, after they have a long conversation about Ivan being super loyal to each of them, Gabriel essentially says he likes Tasha and he likes her with Ivan. Again, an unsolicited blessing. And he also backs up Ivan's child play, says he'd be a great father. He looks at my daughter like his daughter. Somehow this hometown has gone even better than the prior two hometowns. I can't remember a series of hometowns that went this well. Even Ben's, which we're about to get to, went very well. And it really puts her in a difficult place to have to make a hard choice at the end of this, which we obviously see. But to round out Ivan's hometown, they go outside and sit on a bench and she tells him she really gets it by seeing where he comes from, says his brother is great. She says it shows his loyalty and how big his heart is. And he tells her that he has super strong feelings for her love level one. And he's the happiest person in the world right now. They kiss and they continue to make out as poor Ivan is sweating his ass off. And he loads a love level three in an ITM. I'm falling in love with her. An ITM is an in the moment. It is a confessional interview. That was, by the way, three portions for Ivan's hometown. The other guys only got two. Portion number nine. It is the day portion of Ben's hometown. A pigeon flies off the fountain. The creature of the week. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. The pigeon is the creature of the week. Um, I didn't chart any creatures this week. Sorry. So that one must be it. Interesting. But what I did chart was the hoojus. There were hummingbirds in the beginning as well. What was this hooju like, Clues? They, of course, meet outside. This is a hooju. It begins with a... Why are you doing Bennett for the hoojus? <laughs> this is my Bennett, if I was doing Bennett. <laughs> it's a hooju. 
she does a slow jog approach, comes to a full stop. The mount is 100% vertical. Ben does most of the work. Decent cling, high grip, double leg kiss. Something like that. <laughs> I like it. Oh, man. But it, if I may, if I, may, I if I may come out yeah. of Bennett, I really do want to do this justice yeah. because it was an interesting hooju. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She does this slow jog approach, but comes to a full fucking stop. This is a mistake. You want the forward momentum. You want to have some kind of movement forward as you're going into the jump. She does a full stop. So the mount has to be 100% vertical. She stops and kind of jumps up a little bit, forcing him to do most of the work to pull her up to him. And then she gets a fine cling and a high grip, double leg across, no ankle lock, which she apparently is unable to do because none of these had that and then she gets in a kiss and we don't see the dismount she's saving the ankle locks for fantasy suites the perfect cling is a high grip with legs around the bottom of the rib cage double ankle locked across the back and a double hand locked across the back of the neck hand on each elbow you pull them Cruz into is demonstrating via Zoom the arm lock to me right now. <laughs> just just for my benefit, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it is for your benefit because in case you ever have to hoot you somebody, now you know what the fuck to do. I feel very prepared. I will be hoodering up a fucking storm once we get out of this nightmare. Anyway. It was just the weakest of three issues. <laughs> That's all. I'll leave that there. It was the worst of all three. All right. Maybe it's an indicator. Maybe. He says his hometown is Indiana, but he says home is the place where you feel most like yourself, and mine is Venice Beach. So we're going to go to the boardwalk and rollerblade. Tasha in an ITM, loads love level two. She's starting to fall in love with him, but wants him to open up, sensing a theme between her and Ben. They rollerblade and pretend to look at the ocean. <laughs> Just so sad. Ben loads love level one, says I have a huge crush, and he takes her to a juice bar, makes her do a wellness shot, which she hates. They buy some sunglasses and hats. They unveil a little caricature that's been drawn of them that doesn't really look like them. Then they go to a pool. That was, that's them rollerblading, but it's pre-drawn so that was what someone imagined they would look like rollerblading this is a when in rome type date right yeah they've really been in venice beach going to do these things it might have made sense so was the new york one and he says the best part of venice is the beach and they have champagne by the pool he says the two people you're going to meet today are my two favorite my close family friend antonia who is with me more than anyone you and her are eerily similar, and also my sister Madeline. My parents weren't able to make it because of COVID, and my dad is a doctor. Ivan's dad showed up, and he's got pulmonary issues. And she asks him, do you think your parents think you're ready for marriage? And he's like, absolutely. That was the right play. That, to me, was hilarious, because she's looking for validation from the parents. That's what a lead is trying to get in all of these hometowns. Well, these parents aren't going to be here. So she has to ask him for that validation, and he, of course, gives it immediately. Good move. Oh, yeah. They definitely would have glowed and blessed us. (laughs) He tells her he hasn't been this happy in a long time. They go swimming, getting in the water when they're sweating balls, 
a good move. Tasha says, when Ben looks at me, it's like he's looking into my soul. They're making out. Seems like everything is good. Clues at this point said, I would have made my whole date in the pool. All those little shops would be in the pool. <laughs> There's simply no reason to be traipsing around in the 150 degree heat. I just wouldn't have ever done it. It's such a bad move all the way around. Not only because you look bad, she's not going to want to kiss you, but you yourself have got to be uncomfortable as shit. If their head is pouring buckets, imagine what their body is doing under those clothes. What does motherfuckers had on like a long sleeve kind of shirt, if I remember right? I think it was Ivan, so at least they went inside. But I remember he had on like a three-quarter length uh, sleeve shirt. I was like, what in the fuck? Zach was wearing fucking jeans as they're like carrying around that taxi cab thing. I mean, we can see what their bodies are doing. Some of the their shirts are showing these pools of sweat through them. They they're not ready for this for this weather at all. Um, but a pretty good chemistry game, I would say, it's second only to Zaxi mm-hmm. um, during the day portions of these dates. Portion ten, the night portion of Ben's hometown. They kiss at the threshold, and then they meet Mads and Antonia. Ben says, guys, I got a girlfriend. Mads pulls Tasha, and Tasha tells him he's been too closed off. I'm constantly looking for something to be wrong. Mads says he's a little more guarded. He's not hiding anything. It's just the wall hasn't broken down yet. Even though you think he's a jock, he's very sensitive, wears his heart on his sleeve. In his past, he's gotten hurt. That He's got these very tall walls because of his past. At the end of the day, he wants to be vulnerable with a special person. This is perfect family play. She's justifying the things that Tasha finds wrong with him. And she's saying, you just have to break down those walls. You'll get past that. Don't worry about that. Perfect fucking family play. Really, all the family play was perfect from everyone in this entire episode. Usually you at least have one brother or uncle somebody who doesn't like what's going on and they're not going to give a blessing or whatever and that's another thing about this too being in covid is some hometowns you have like 15 people at these fucking hometowns it's like cousins and friends of friends and the guy who lives down the street they're all there in this you're only going to get like two or three people because it's covid they can't bring in all your extended family and shit so there's less of a chance for that outlier to show up yeah and you have full say over who comes, obviously, too. When Dark Lord Harrison comes in at the beginning, he's like, and we did our best to get all the most important people here for you. Well, how did you know who the most important people were? Oh, because they told you who they wanted to show up, and that's who you got to come? Great. What, you don't think they get to pick on normal hometowns? I think they do. With some leeway, I think. I think they give like probably a pretty big list. And there's also stuff like her brother. I'm just thinking in my mind about Desiree Hartstock, where her brother tanked. I was thinking about that too. Yeah, that was her brother calling Sean Lowe a playboy. Exactly (laughs) that one. That brother was there. Like I don't think he had to be there, but it's like, well, we're they're coming to the hometown. The parents are going to tell that brother, like, oh yeah, the show is doing this thing, and then he's like, well, what? Am I not invited? You could kind of work your way into it if you are a family member and you didn't get the invite, you know, here, I think it's like (laughs) that can't happen because of quarantine and whatever. Well, Mads and Antonia play it perfectly, um, though it's not the traditional parental hometown date. Ben and Antonia have this conversation, which is 
basically a crown audition conversation. Ben says, she makes me feel a way I've never felt. I think the feeling is legitimate happiness. I'm impressed how she's made me into a better person. Antonia's like, are you in love with her? He's like, love is a scary word. It can't be unsaid. And Antonia goes, you love her. And Ben says, I don't know. And Antonia says, you love her. It's not even a question. This was an assist of the week for me. I was like, Antonia's delivering this on a silver platter, telling this emotionally unavailable man this is what your feelings are this moment for me was like watching a ufc fight where a guy has just fought two rounds and he's heading into the third and he's a little beat up but he's winning the fight and his coach is in the corner with him and he's like all right now you got to go in and i want to see a left hook followed by a straight right and you're going to fucking knock this person out you're going to win the fight this is his coach telling him what to do Raise it to love level four. Yeah. You're right here. The knockout punch is this. Love level four. She tells him exactly what he needs to do. She says, you love her. It's not even a question. He says, I'm in love with her. That's wild. She's so great. I don't know how to say it. And Antonia says, just let go. You're literally three-fourths of the way there. I love you. See how easy that is? And Ben says, I am in love with her in his ITM. I didn't know it was love until Antonia called me out on it. Which... In any circumstance, whether he's going to continue on to the next round to get dubbed or this round, he is setting himself up to excellent victimhood with this. Being like, I didn't even know what love was, and Tasha showed it to me. I'm the most vulnerable I've ever been in my entire life. They leave and sit on the bench. Ben says, I got weirdly emotional. Tasha says, It's not weird, Ben. How do you feel? Ben, I feel so good about the way this is. It's so easy. And this conversation on the bench by Ben was my error, 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 error of the game. It was also my error, 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 error of the game. Ben has been playing so well. He's been my play of the game MVP two weeks in a row. Has been knocking everyone else out of the park. He had it handed to him by Antonia on a silver platter and he just can't do it. And I think I think it might not end up being an error in the long term. I think he still has set himself up to be the lead and that can be like his thing that he's like just learning about love. This is his new thing. But because we are going to have another Bachelorette season before Bachelor in Paradise, it's, you know, it's a risky crown strategy. <laughs> Could not agree with you more. He froze up here. He dropped the fucking ball. He knew exactly what he had to do and he didn't fucking do it. Whether he gets the crown or not, I mean, I'll say this, of the four guys remaining, he is the most crown-like. He's the most bachelor-like of those four guys. I could see him already in the producer's mind. If they had to choose a bachelor mm -hmm. from this season, it's him. Who knows, again, what's going to happen in the next season of Bachelorette. Is Tyler Cameron going to come back? Does he want to be the next bachelor? Who the fuck knows? <laughs> There's a lot of pieces moving around here, but I do think... Ben had the opportunity to do something here without going full love level four. He could have just said, 
I'm starting to fall in love with you. That would have been enough. He would have gotten a rose here. Yeah. He would have moved through to fantasy suites, round two of the playoffs, and who knows what he does there. But at the very least, he would have gotten another week. And that intensifies your victimhood. If you get dumped next round or even mm -hmm. in the finals, you're in a much better position to potentially get crowned than you are in fourth place, which is what he walks away with tonight, obviously. In a normal season, it might be better to get dumped fourth or third rather than final two but in this season you want to go as far as you can you want as much screen time as possible as much victimhood as possible and it's kind of like a callback to his earlier play when he turtled at that uh cocktail party but this time he doesn't he turtles but for emotions and is not able to come back from it with a knock knock he's emotionally turtled and that wraps up the hometowns, and then we go to Rose Ceremony. Tasha ITMs that she's falling in love with all of them, but she has some hard decisions to make. DLH greets each man at the Rose Ceremony, and we get a little conversation briefly with each of them. Brendan is good and nervous, excited, but grateful to, and thankful to be there. Ivan is confident, but then when he sees the Roses, it could all be over. Zach is falling in love with Tasha, but he doesn't know where he stands. And Ben thinks the relationship is getting strong every time he sees her, and he fucking love level force to dark lord harrison <laughs> and dark lord harrison is like does she know that yet and he's like no but i'm feeling good about it oh man dark lord harrison doesn't care about love when Tasha comes up dark lord harrison says do you know how these guys feel about you and Tasha says i try to guess <laughs> she's specifically referencing ben there that's what yeah. this whole thing is built to but, I mean, none of them have really love-leveled except Zach. Zach is, yeah. I mean, we've had a couple of love-level ones and some loadings of twos and threes-ish. And, I mean, technically, Ben is loading a four here. Ben loaded four. And Bennett did produce a four. He really did a four. Yeah, ben, <laughs> ben did a post-mortem love-level four. <laughs> but, yeah, then we get the rose ceremony. And Ivan gets first flower. Zach C, and then, oh shit, who's it going to be? Brendan gets the third and final rose. Ben gets the Tam Sig. That is, take a moment, say your goodbyes. His turtle game <laughs> costs him. <laughs> and she walks him out, and they sit on the dumping bench. And all he can really manage is, I wish it would have gone a different way. She asks him not to shut down on her, and he is like stammering. He says he's heartbroken, but he'll be all right. He's always all right. And he seems stunned into the inability to speak here. And I don't know if that's just editing. I don't know if they had a longer conversation and the producers just aren't letting us see it. But he seems truly stunned in the dictionary sense of the word. Yeah. It's a deer in headlights moment. He says, the last two weeks showed me a lot of the things I was feeling for you. I've been wrong before. I'm heartbroken, but I'll be all right. It was... It was a very 40RR moment and him like being unable to express this and the feeling of audience number four, Bachelor Nation, collective feeling, I'm sure it was like, Ben, just tell her you love her. It's very like a rom-com type scenario that he has created, which I think will do well for him you in the on the parasocial game and on the bachelor shortlist game. 
And I had kind of wondered, I was like, is he going to do a Hail Mary love level for He probably should have. But in his limo exit, he's able to tell literally everyone else he's in love with her. He says, I'm still in love with her. I wanted to marry her. She was going to be my wife, the mother of my children, all those things. Tasha's crying and basically says, I've put a lot of time and energy into pulling things out of Ben. It's just like a lot. We get a continuation of Ben's limo exit. He says, I should have told her how I felt when I had a chance after my hometown. I'm not sure how I... How I'm supposed to fall out of love with her. Maybe she loved me and thought I didn't love her back. If that's the case, I fucking blew it. And that's where they edit it out. The show is saying he fucking blew it. He even knows. He says, I should have told her after hometowns. He knows how the fucking game works. That is when you tell her. That's the time you do it. He just didn't fucking do it. I mean, power to Tasha though. To be fair, for not choosing the emotionally unavailable fuckboy that she has to keep drawing shit out of. I thought that was uh, impressive of her. She's decisive. A bunch of them said that about her, and indeed, she was. She wants a grown-ass man who can get his words out. Then we get the promos for Fantasy Suites next week. They are all, of course, at La Quinta. And judging by how bad these fucking hometowns were, I can't imagine Fantasy Suites are going to be much better. I think there's going to be a lot of sweating and not much interesting happening. A tent on the pickleball court. <laughs> um, in the tag, it's Zach's hometown meeting of the family. And he's telling Tasha, oh, they, my family loves the show. They even watch Bachelor in Paradise and loads that his mom loves Dark Lord Harrison and then Dark Lord Harrison does a little knock knock and he says everything is about to change I'm just kidding he wields his powers with reckless (laughs) abandon this is the Dark Lord oh you're my fans I mean my subjects watch me weave an evil spell ha 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 just kidding it was beautiful. I loved it. And he's unshaven. <laughs> this is later that night. Hair and makeup has gone to sleep and they summon him from his chambers. We need you to come into this room and scare this family with pleasure. <laughs> um, before we get to our MVPs, we failed to say our MVPs in our episode we did last night. Last night, Riley was my... M M M M V P for his beautiful exit from the game, very for TRR, and also for his play during the mental all, uh, creating a hot seat for himself that he didn't have um, coming off the best of any of the guys in mental all. Riley was also my M M M M M V P. All the reasons you're saying, he definitely was the best player in both the whatever the last fourth of fucking Tasha's episode <laughs> from two weeks ago. Round of seven. Oh God. <laughs> and in the mental all. He was the best overall by far. And so he received my MVP as well. And now tonight, what do you got? Zach C was my 
M M M M V P P. He had my play of the game, the fountain play. He had a very strong chemistry game, despite losing half of his body weight through his forehead in a liquid form. And his hometown meeting of the family night portion also went perfectly. He created, you know, skeptical parents, but then they get over it and they glow and everything is great. And at this point, I believe it'll be Zach C. and Brendan in the finals. I don't know. (laughs) Brendan, I don't feel like really shined as much as I thought he would during this episode, but we shall see. Zach C. was also my... M-M-M-M-M-V-P. The Fountain Play, although I preferred slightly Brendan's child play over Zaxi's Fountain Play, the Fountain Play was extremely strong, and his chemistry game more than made up for whatever added benefit the child play of Brendan might have had in terms of an overall weekly game. And yeah, his hometown was fucking great. I mean, they all were really good, but Zax was very good, and I just see him winning this whole thing, and I think... This was kind of, hometowns for him wasn't necessarily a crucial point. I think he was going to go through no matter what. But the upping of that chemistry game again, you got to keep hitting that every chance you have if that's a big part of your game. And he did it perfectly, I thought, in the fountain. He's hitting the chemistry game and he is creating this story of his life about his addiction and his recovery. And he weaves that together with his family and has these very emotional moments with his family telling them like how he's there because of them how he's still alive because of them and it just comes off extremely genuine and I mean I still think it might be Brendan because of the age thing but I think he's definitely top two and by the way you predicted that he would start to take off parasocially. And he made a post that refers to his PTC. It is a post of him with the bank lady who called his dad about him stealing the check. And it was fucking strong, a strong punctuator to uh, this hometown episode. Not that that is considered, but... We'll be covering that play and a few others in the parasocial arena this Friday. Be sure to tune into that. But that wraps up this week. That was Hometowns, the shittiest hometowns that we've ever seen. (laughs) This season is just so mixed. It's like, it looks like shit. cardboard cutout of Hometowns. (laughs) It all looks bad. The season got busted in the middle, but there are these other huge things that are happening in it. Open conversations about race, mental health, that are treated seriously. Suicide, drug addiction. All of it. Even how these guys are emotionally bonded. When they all hugged each other tonight, I'm like, what the fuck is this? This show is different. And despite how shitty it may look, I do think what's being conveyed through it 
psychologically is different than we've ever seen in anything from The Bachelor. And I don't know if that's going to continue on into next season or not, or any season after this one. I don't know if this is a special rare season, but I am able to, at least in my mind, in terms of historical importance, dismiss how terrible it looks, the production quality being in the absolute toilet in favor of these kind of bigger things thematically that are happening this season that I just never thought we'd see. I agree. Well, thank you guys very much for joining us for our coverage of tonight's first round of playoffs, the hometowns. We will be coming back this Friday with This Week in Bachelor Nation, covering all the Bachelor Nation news that's fit to print, some parasocial plays, some screams from the pit, state of the world. The parasocial plays have been really strong this week. But by the way... Because we have already done three episodes, this is my final episode I'm doing this week. And we're going to have <laughs> we're going to have a very special guest who is going to be filling in for me in Friday's episode. And you guys are definitely going to want to listen to it. I am quite curious how it's going to turn out. I think it's going to be fantastic. <laughs> and thank you, as always, for sending me the tids. At Bachelor Clues on Instagram. <laughs> a lot of good tids this week. A lot yep. of good tids. So far, the tid of the week is Coach Crystal going through her closet in an Instagram story and wondering what she's <laughs> going to do with all the dresses from her various appearances on The Bachelor and Bachelor in Paradise. Mm, they're trying to help your collection. Absolutely. And I have inquired about them. I have received no response. I hope you start getting some responses soon, Clues. Eventually we will because we're going to Game of Roses will be the ESPN of this. Once we get on clickbait, those DMs are going to get responded to. We may not even need clickbait at some point, but we'll get there. In the meantime, thank you again, everyone. And before we go, what is that dwab at? It has been 6,841 days without a black bachelor. Praise be Lord Harrison. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist-recommended This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to Canopy.com. 
Canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.